You're listening to Grow, Cook, Inspire. I'm your host, Helen Cross, and this is a podcast with gardening, food and farming at its core, supported by Plant Grow UK, the first in the UK to produce an award-winning range of organic gardening feeds from renewable energy processes. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Grow, Cook, Inspire. It is wild, wet and very, very windy in the west of Scotland tonight. I'm not sure if you'll be able to hear, but I'm recording this in the attic and the rain is pelting off the windows. I really just want to curry up on the sofa with a blanket and some really tasty food which is just as well because today's guest has lots of fantastic inspiration for just that. Today I am going to be speaking to Rhiannon Batten and she and Laura Rowe have written a fantastic new cookbook called Russell Up and it's one paragraph recipes for flavour without fuss. And do you know what? There are a lot of books out there that promise to deliver just that thing this book, Russell Up, really, really does deliver. It's a collection of micro recipes and it uses simple ingredients, whether that's store covered staples. And there is something for everyone in every situation. You will not be disappointed. In fact, the recipes are so easy. They've been memorised like tiny culinary poems that you'll want to eat them on repeat time and time again. They're super easy and super tasty. Anyway, I had a lovely chat with Rhiannon a couple of weeks ago as she tells me about Russell Up and also the inspiration behind this fantastic new cookbook. Enjoy! Hi, Helen. Hello, Rhiannon. How are you? Good, thank you. Good. It's a it's a very windy day here, and um, I'm sitting under an apple tree in a shed. So I apologise <laughs> if there are sudden thumps because apples keep dropping. <laughs> what a lovely picture! I love it. It's um it's equally windy here in Glasgow, but um I've got <laughs> apples falling from the sky. Sadly, <laughs> <laughs> it's just making me feel bad. I feel like I should be picking them all up. They're cider apples. They're not eaters. Even... I feel like I should go and pick them all up and do something with them. But um, there's always so much on the to-do list, isn't there? I'm not sure I will. But they're they're looking at me, making me feel guilty. <laughs> Have an apple press, like a mini apple press. You can get them on Amazon for about 50 quid. And you could have your very own apple cider very shortly. Oh, we should do that. The, the, the boys would love doing that. Um, yeah, it's maybe I should look fun. into that. It's a really good one to do with kids. I did it with some primary seven children a couple of weeks ago. We did not make cider just to sort of stipulate that, but we were making it and it was amazing. It was such fun, such fun. Um, well, listen, Rhiannon, thank you for coming on the podcast. Uh, really lovely to have you on the show. Um, for those are, that don't know you, you are a, a journalist and a travel writer and um, you have recently just brought out your first cookbook. That's right. Yes, Russell Up, um, and it's the 
concept of the cookbook, it's all one paragraph recipes, which is essentially just easy, simple, no fuss cooking. And I, I just felt with some, you know, there are lots of easy cookbooks with, you know, three ingredients or one pan. And I felt like the one paragraph was a way of doing all of those or or whichever you like it's a bit more flexible really because sometimes I don't know if you have a slow cooker and I use um the slow cooker or you know things that you know you can just bung in one pan and then they they cook they take a little while but it's still really easy um so it's a flex a very flexible book <laughs> beautiful book I love it I love the colors and I love the short paragraph recipes because you you write in a similar way that I do when I'm jotting down recipes that, that you don't have the recipe ingredients down the left hand side you've got them within the body of the actual recipe so you're not losing your place when you when you're cooking yes that's I mean that's a real bugbear of mine it's so I find it so frustrating when you're referring back and um, you lose where you are exactly so having them in the um, method I, I feel really helps and I mean, of course, because they're only one paragraph, they don't, by their nature, have a zillion different ingredients. So it's actually, it works really well, I think. A few people have said that, that they, they like that. So I'm glad to hear that. No, definitely. Well, it makes it really accessible and the recipes are accessible. And I think they stretch a wide range of, um, of people that can use them. It's not like just families, but it works really well with families, but also perhaps young professionals who are coming home late from work and want a really delicious but nutritious supper and equally I think given that lots of people are going off to university at the moment um, then it's a really good one for for students as well I think. Yes absolutely in fact I was talking to my um, the, the boy's cousin they've got an older cousin who's just going off to university for the first time and we saw her at the weekend and we were having that same discussion um, it is it's good for everyone and you know also people on their own I always think oh family cooking you know it's that's the the challenge but actually it can be just as challenging if you're just cooking for one I think to get the kind of energy up to, to bother and have something delicious um, and also I want or we I should say I've written it with my co-author Laura Rowe who we were we worked together on a food magazine and um, we really wanted it to also um, reflect what's happening at the moment uh, you know it's, it's such a strange time isn't it and people are under so much pressure with affordability and so the book is it's got a lot of flexibility and it tells you a lot about what to do with leftovers um you know there are some recipes that can be mix and match so there's one called base camp stew that you can eat as a stew you can save a bit to make into a pasta sauce or a curry so it works in you know kind of batch cooking and then being flexible but lots of the recipes we've cross-reffed so if you have some uh, ingredient left over from one we'll tell you which other recipes you could use that up in to to stop having lots of waste um, and even down to things like um, we've got a tip or a twist for each recipe and so even things like saving your olive brine or your feta brine and how to use those which um, 
you know, it's quite, I just think that's the way everyone's thinking at the moment, isn't it? The more we can do that, the better. Yeah, I think there's a sense that everybody a, wants to save some money, but also reducing food waste is helping the environment. And we're all looking for just little, little things to do, little steps that will perhaps a bigger and better um, picture in the long run um, for everybody. It's just getting into those habits, I think, as well. Um, good habits to get into when it comes to reducing food waste, definitely. Although there, there's never any food wasted in our house because I've got four or well, three books <laughs> one husband, so... <laughs> There's little, yes. there's little food waste. There's just probably not enough food to go around everybody. <laughs> I don't know your the ages of yours, but we've just mine are nine and ten, and uh, we just I feel like we've just had a leap where they're suddenly eating so much more. And I just think, goodness, what's it going to be like when they're teenagers? They'll probably, you know, you hear these stories of how they come home and wolf a whole loaf of bread each. Yeah. And I think I think we're heading that way. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, a, a rugby club has just come round for for supper. <laughs> demolished everything <laughs> yeah mine are seven five and three so um I'll I'll look forward to hearing how you progress in the next few years and you can share some tips with me <laughs> maybe another book it's a follow-up to rustle up um actually I must thank you because I um saw that you on your lovely Instagram feed your recipe for top hats which oh. I have completely forgotten about and we had a birthday party at the weekend so I suddenly thought oh top hats of course and um, made some and they were just they were the hit the hit of the party so oh well I can't even take the credit for making (laughs) my husband made them (laughs) they're so much fun aren't they I mean um you know if people in Scotland and Northern Ireland will know exactly what top hats are but if people are listening elsewhere they're just they're so easy and they you just melt some chocolate don't you and you put that mm. in the bottom of a um a little t- mini cupcake case and then you pop a marshmallow on top a dot another dot of melted chocolate and a smarty um and you know it's they're so easy for kids to make as well they oh. mine helped make them which was half of the fun oh brilliant and then, um and then they all wolfed them. Yeah. And, and less hassle than a birthday cake because those were actually made for my friend's 40th birthday. <laughs> so you're never too old for a top hat. Definitely not. <laughs> Just going back to the book, you said you've, you've co-authored it with um, Laura Rowe, who, who you worked with on, was it Olive Magazine, is that correct? That's right, yes. And so what what was the inspiration? Why did you both decide to join up to write to write this book? Because like you've said, there's, there's the Jamies and the Nigellas and the Nadias have all written sort of similar, quick, simple fixes. What, why did you want to do this one in particular? What was the inspiration behind it? Well, it was my husband and kids, really. They were going off. It was just um, that first summer 2020 of lock, we were coming out of lockdown. They went off camping and I, I was they go to Pembrokeshire camping every year. They, they love it. They have a kind of boys thing. And I go down and um um, you know for part of it and but they were going for I think two weeks and I was staying back to work and but I mean there's nothing like looking after small children for work is there I mean it's the hardest thing it's much harder than any other work and I just thought how can I how can I help my husband (laughs) without being there um well what I could do is help with the on the food side if I you know I know what the boys like to eat um, I just thought if I could condense some of the 
the recipes that we eat week in week out that I know they love and are also healthy and nutritious um, and could be done on a camping stove then that might just help a bit and um, sure enough and, and that, I suppose that was my how do, how do I make them easy and actually putting them into one paragraph and I did also reduce down some of the ingredients in them to make that simpler and they were still great and they all came back loving them and I thought you know maybe there's something in this and so I spoke to I phoned Laura and she loved the idea as well and we thought why don't we try why don't we pitch a book and um and so we did and uh it's been taken up by Pavilion who are just great to work with we had a lovely team a great editor Sophie and um a photographer Claire and Lola, the food stylist. It was just a, it was a really nice project from beginning to end, very smooth, very, you know, they, everyone got it. And um, so it's been lovely. <laughs> that sounds very straightforward because I know from personal experience, like even sort of just pitching a book idea can become a bit of a full-time job. It would, yes. I mean, actually, I shouldn't say that, make it sound as if it's not hard work as well. You know, a lot of time went into it. And um, Laura and I have both written books before, um, not cookbooks, actually. Laura's written books about food. But no, she has, she, but she has done some um, cookbooks and she's edited cookbooks. Okay. So, um, but mine was travel, so quite different. Um, but she is much more familiar with that than I am. And so, that helped that we had some experience and um and also then in the I suppose because we had worked on a, a food magazine experience of and she and Laura especially has a lot of experience of recipe developing so that helped and we whittled that we came up with our you know however many recipes each and whittled it down to a, a short list to go with and made sure we didn't have too much crossover and then we essentially wrote half each okay so that, and and the good thing is I think that we come from quite different food influences in a way you know I'm obviously coming from a kind of family cooking perspective and a travel writer perspective and and you know food for me it's been so much part of travel writing um but Laura uh is just you know food 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 <laughs> and and also she's a she's a content leader at cardo so she's also really up on food trends and wider cooking themes um much more plugged in than i am to 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 trends and things so i think between us there's quite a good mix it's she sounds like a good person to know <laughs> <laughs> she is um, and lovely as well so that was nice you know having worked before we knew that we'd get on and that we'd work well together and we're both quite organized and um you know so that I think if one of us was really scatterbrained and the other wasn't it could be quite stressful but we're both um quite organized so it worked really well <laughs> a good partnership which makes it all the more likely there might be a second book so I'm I'm hoping for that that's the second time I've done that <laughs> Talking of the recipes that you've pulled together, let me hear about some of your favourites because I, I've got a copy of the book here and I have been cooking my way through it. And one of my favourites is the, the sexy pasta, which is a really random combination. <laughs> if you look at the ingredients, you'd be like, oh my goodness, I am not going to eat that. But actually, that's one of the reasons why I decided to, to try it because it just sounded so awful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said that. It's funny because... Um... 
that was on the long list and actually uh, that was one of Laura's recipes that I needed convincing by I'm not particularly a mad pasta salad fan I mean I do um, I'm big on leftovers you know and making meals that you can eat cook one night and then have some for lunch the next day and I think that feeds into the book and so I'm not against a pasta salad I quite often we'll have cold pasta for lunch or heat it up again but that that kind of pasta salad is not something I would generally you know um jump at but laura said no no you've got to tr you've got to try it because she cooks a lot of barbecues her and her partner and she said it's the one thing if i put out a barbecue people just love it and it, it disappears in seconds and i thought gosh that, well okay let's let's try it and of course i tried it and it was delicious and i was convinced <laughs> but it is i mean you're right it's such a um you know a, a mix of flavors and textures and it's kind of um spicy but creamy and crunchy but then there's the softness of the pasta it's a real flavor ex explosion um and it's but really simple basic ingredients um, pasta egg um there's some chopped up chilies but you know it's, it's fairly simple store cupboard stuff isn't it Oh, totally. Which makes me like I, I, I thought of that. I thought that would be a great one for students because it is the store cupboard essential. So, just in case listeners are probably wondering, well, what, what are these magic ingredients <laughs> you were talking about? So basically, it is pasta and boiled eggs with gherkins and pickled onions, and then you've got a sauce of mustard hot sauce, and uh, what else? We've got sriracha. Is that right? Oh, lost my place. Um mayonnaise and mustard and hot sauce and tomato sauce all together mixed through the pasta and boiled eggs with gherkins and uh, pickled onions basically you're just going to go and have to buy a copy of the book <laughs> <laughs> um i like as well it was laura's idea to use the, the big pasta and i quite liked that i've forgotten the name that right now of what it's called it's gone out of my mind but um i mean you could use any pasta and it would work just as well but i quite like that i think sometimes that's those are good ways to tweak things. Um, you know, I like to not get in a, a rut here. And if we're having pasta, I sometimes, you know, I change, I change up. I might have penne for a while, and then I'll buy farfalle. And just, I think that that's quite a nice way to switch things up. Quite simply, isn't it? Definitely, um, definitely it makes it more interesting on the plate, especially when you're feeding kids as well. So, yeah. tell me some about the recipes that you have put in that are your standout. Something, something savoury and something sweet. Um, do you know one of the really the simplest recipe and it's so simple that I slightly worry that people will flick past it and please don't <laughs> give it a go is um, a Yorkshire farmhouse salad that is um, my my English gram granny grew up on a farm in Wensleydale and her and she and my great aunt used to make this salad all the time when we visited and it's so nice um, I mean I'll have it with I don't always have it in the summer I have it with roast chicken or something like that it works very well but it's got it, it's essentially I realized it's like a, a homemade version of salad cream that's what that's what it is and we've kind of gone away from eating that haven't we yeah or, you know but it's got cream in it it's got a bit of sugar it's got mint and a bit of mustard and in, in the dressing and um you think oh that sounds like an odd mix but you put it on and it's just absolutely delicious it's like kind of summer in a in a bowl um and again easy easy really simple ingredients um 
so that's one of my favorites also the other thing that i've been making loads since we did the book is actually one of laura's is a doll made um veg box grater doll which is just you make you add in whichever vegetables you have hanging around in the veg box or the fridge drawer or whatever and for some reason the first time i made it it was beetroot that i had lots of mm -hmm. so i put beetroot in and i do actually i should say and i'm all for people cheating and making it even more easy but i quite often don't bother grating all the veg i just put it in the food processor and <laughs> it does it does it in about you know three seconds um and you put the beetroot in the dal and it just gives it a sweetness and also another, you know, great way with kids of getting interesting veg into them. <laughs> um, so that's a that's a a definite regular. Um, and the uh, sweet things. I one of mine is um, a oh, night and day pears. I call them night and day just because of the sauces that you put on them, <laughs> and they're not really sauces. They're, they're warm. They're um, well one is like a, a cheats chocolate sauce that's really easy and the other one is um yogurt with cardamom mixed through it and it's just a really easy again you know fruit with just a simple topping if you if you fancy that um i'm trying to think oh the coffee shop affogato is another one. Oh yes um because affogatos i don't know about you but it's i find that a really good standby pudding is um just ice cream with a slosh of coffee on it. What but... not love? Two of my favorite. <laughs> I like coffee and ice cream. <laughs> I know, I, you know, I think it's kind of coming back around because I keep seeing it everywhere. But oh. Laura and I were thinking, you know, you just get so many nice flavors of ice cream now. And so we did this kind of coffee shop version where you get your, um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think what are the what are the flavors of kind of you've got, um, you know, a chocolate would make with a with chocolate ice cream with coffee poured over it would make a kind of mocha yeah or um salted caramel would make a kind of caramel cortado all those all those drinks you get at coffee shops um latte with cardamom flavored yes exactly just kind of mix it up a bit that's really easy um it's a good one for a dinner party actually it is I've, yeah i've got out of the way of having dinner parties um <laughs> <laughs> And also, yeah, after, especially because you put so much effort into the main course, don't you? And yeah. then um, it's exhausting. <laughs> it is. A nice simple pudding is just perfect. Um, and then, and Laura's, um, we were talking about these before, but the peanut butter cookies. Oh, um, so easy. Three ingredient peanuts, peanut butter, sugar and egg. And um, you had a very clever way of making them seasonal by topping them with blackberries didn't you oh, I thought that was clever so good I have made them so much <laughs> <laughs> they are demolished I take them down to the school and uh, we eat them on the way home and they are oh they're so they're so amazing <laughs> <laughs> I I love a ginger biscuit so I put ginger in mine um okay and there so you can that's the other thing I you know I hope this comes across just how you don't have to follow recipes by the book especially these because they are designed to be flexible and it doesn't matter if you don't have one ingredient just put something else in you know um which is how i think how most people cook totally. uh, so yeah I, I i recommend those they're easy peasy 
And as well as the one paragraph uh, recipes throughout the book, you've also each got a double page spread at the back where you've come up with very clever pet one sentence recipes. (laughs) What was it where you're like, oh my God, we need to get, we need to get more into this book. How could we do that? I know. Um, I mean, it was a bit silly, really, isn't it? But if you start doing one paragraph, you think, well, how short? How short's a paragraph? How short can we go? And um, and it was a bit of a challenge. And we thought it's a nice, almost like a full stop at the end of the book. Well, let's do ten one sentence recipes each, and um, as a kind of end point. And so, actually, I've just. I posted the other day about one of mine is cardamom macaroons, which is so so easy. But also, I mean, masala scrambled eggs. It's kind of jazzed up scrambled eggs on toast. Um, Oh, you know, I like making open sandwiches, cucumber sandwiches, but making them um, with a bit of, um, I mean, you could just put uh, soft cheese and then slices of cucumber and then whatever herb you like I happen to have I, I love za'atar so I just mm. sprinkle za'atar on them but you don't have to use that if you don't have it but so e- really easy um that's like sorted <laughs> <laughs> I recommend it um yeah and uh Laura's are oh well, crab spaghetti that's you know that's one of her um and she oh she does a kind of twist on affogato as one of hers is um, vanilla ice cream with a bit of a slosh of sherry on the top. That's always good as well, isn't it? You do love a slosh of sherry or a slosh <laughs> of vodka. I've noticed some of the recipes. <laughs> yes, um, that's true. Uh, <laughs> that's absolutely true. Oh. But um, obviously all um, optional. Absolutely. No, <laughs> um, we, we do have... Goes without saying. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's a drink. There are a few drinks as well. Drinks and nibbles at the back um, as well. Just so, yeah. <laughs> so um, where can we pick up a copy of Russell Up, Rhiannon? So it's available through any bookshop, basically. Um, if your local bookshop doesn't happen to have a copy, a copy, a copy either, <laughs> um, I'm sure they would order you uh, a copy in. Um, or I recommend, you know, you can buy it any online. Um, it's, of course, on Amazon. But if you want to avoid that, it's also on bookshop.org. You can order it. Oh, brilliant. Cool. So what is next in terms of work now that the, the, set, the dust has settled on the launch of this book? What, what's next? What's keeping you busy over autumn and winter? Well, I um, have kind of gone back into journalism with a with a vengeance, and I'm just um, back to back with journalism pieces. And I've got about three or four book ideas kicking around, and I keep they keep being shunted forwards as my journalism deadline comes in. <laughs> so um, I need to I need to get on the case with those. But I did I I found in you know during lockdown, and also partly because of the climate, I. I, I decided I didn't really want to fly anymore so about three years ago. So I've been discovering my local, I've been kind of becoming this really kind of local explorer. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm just finding it really fulfilling, um, finding ideas from the local area and a lot of heritage and travel from the local area um, and food. Our, our local, I've just been at our local in Bath, They've just restored a beautiful Georgian Lido, which has been 
um, years and years trying to it had closed down and years and years of people trying to save it and restore it and they've just done it so that I've been writing about that this week which has been so inspiring and just these amazing people who quietly behind the scenes just plow on with local campaigns yeah and it's all it's all worked out because of their hard work and just um persistence and i'm so in admiration of people like that totally are you are you a cold water swimmer i am i mean it's i normally swim in the river so that was quite funny because everyone it was 18 degrees the pool and it it, they're going to heat it next year but they haven't switched on the heating yet and um, everyone thought 18 was a bit nippy, but I was thinking, actually, <laughs> thank goodness, thank goodness I've been doing some training. It didn't, it didn't feel too bad. <laughs> but I, I don't think I'll do it all. I don't think I, I haven't ever done an all winter yet. I mean, October, I, I generally stop. Do you do you do it? I do. I swim in the sea and in in our in our local loch, and I am going up until about September. I've been swimming in my swimsuit. But I am, um, I think the temperature has definitely dropped in Glasgow in the last few days. So I think I am going to have to get the wetsuit out. And, <laughs> but I'll, I'll still brave it. It is one of the many things that keeps me going. It's part of my toolkit to keep me sane, to be honest. <laughs> it's, it is great, isn't it? Um, yeah, you just have to switch off completely. I think it's the closest we get in this country almost to a tropical experience which sounds odd because obviously the temperature is nothing like tropical but it's that kind of being surrounded isn't it by um the sounds of nature and the feeling of nature and um you know on the river at least you know dragonflies bobbing along with you and things it's it's beautiful I think it it puts life in perspective as well that's what I find especially when you're swimming in the sea because you're just a minute tiny person and you can just see beyond the horizon there's such a vast amount of space out there um so it helps keep me grounded <laughs> i think that's i think that's great um there was uh, there was a man at the um at the launch of the swimming pool who who runs a group for men's mental well-being in around near bath and um he's thinking of using it for their group and i loved it. he said he had this phrase um you know they don't actually do it's not about swimming it's about dipping and immersing in water and he said we're more whim than swim <laughs> i i thought that was great just the dipping um in and, and that it just makes such a difference to how people feel and as, as good food does as well you know absolutely good food <laughs> swimming outdoors and gardening the three of them all be socially prescribed by your gp <laughs> yeah absolutely um, you you're an inspiration helen oh well <laughs> a mad one at that a mad one well listen Rhiannon, thank you so much for taking the time and um, i do i genuinely really i get a lot of cookbooks and i generally this one um has featured a lot on my meal plan so uh, thank you so much and i recommend that everybody else goes out and gets a copy too thank you Helen cool that is all we have time for this week a big thank you to Rhiannon for taking time to chat to me about her fantastic new book I'll pop all the details about how you can get your hands on a copy in today's show notes next week 
I will be chatting to the renowned ballet dancer Andrew Peasgood, who is now an incredibly talented and enthusiastic gardener. We'll be chatting dancing, planting and much, much more. If you haven't already, please do subscribe, share and review the podcast on whichever platform you use. It does make a huge difference. But until next time, keep growing and cooking. Thank you.